Hello, hello. Welcome to What the Jess Podcast. I'm your host. You guessed it. I'm Jess. Thank you so much for joining me. Now just sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Hey guys, what's up? So today's show, I had a few different news stories or entertainment stories I was going to do. But late last night, we had a breaking news story that Gina Corona was fired from the Star Wars universe for some controversy type tweets that she has a tendency to do, um, but went too far this time and Disney effectively stepped in and removed her from the Mandalorian franchise. So today I'm only going to focus on uh, a theme, which is how far can you go with the media what is appropriate social media etiquette when you're working for a large company? What's appropriate if you're the star, say, Britney Spears, who we as a society played a part in basically destroying her soul into a billion pieces, the paparazzi, whatever. They're kind of the same, but from a different coin, right? So I want to talk about that. I also want to talk about something else that's not really super shocking, but we have more complaints that Jaws Whedon's behavior and personality and uh, ethics on his movie and TV sets were not appropriate. And we now have Charisma Carpenter from Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel coming out to give her story of the experiences she went through. So we got a big show, long show today. So let's get started. So about 11 o'clock last night, I was supposed to go to bed. And um, before I did, I had seen the controversy of Gina Corona, or Corona, however you want to pronounce it, uh, had tweeted something earlier in the day. I believe it was early, early morning or late, late the night before. It was recent. And it's not really that big of a surprise. She is outspoken. She has certain beliefs uh, that she's not shy in sharing. Um, we'll get into that later. Um, but this particular tweet, people believe that she crossed the line. Um, I'm going to read what it said uh, basically soon. Um, but... <sighs> it's one of those things and again where a celebrity never thinks before they speak right you can have the freedom to say whatever you want to but you still gotta be careful what you say it's not like she said i like the sky i like it because it's blue and we are like oh well we like this guy but we don't think it's blue we think it's pink or whatever it's a serious topic and some of her past Instagram and personal comments have been all serious topics. Um, I'm going to read this from Yahoo Entertainment, and it says in the following, Lucasfilm, the Walt Disney co-owned movie studio, said on Wednesday that it had ditched Gina Garano, a lead actor in its TV series The Mandalorian, over social media posts that drew parallels between the prosecution of Jews in Nazi Germany and current hate towards people with different political views. Gina Carano, quote, is not currently employed by Lucasfilm and there are no plans for her to be in the future, end quote, a Lucasfilm spokesperson said in a statement. 
Nevertheless, her social media posts, based on people and their cultural and religious identities, are abhorrent and unacceptable. End quote. Neither Garano or her representatives could be reached immediately for a comment. The Mandalorian, which runs on Disney Plus and streaming services, uh, is a live-action series set in the galaxy we know far, far away that was first seen on the screens in 1997's film Star Wars. The offending post was shared by Garano and her Instagram story on Tuesday night. Quote from her. The Jews were beaten in the streets not by Nazi soldiers, but by their neighbors, even by children. Because history is edited, most people today don't realize that they get to the point where Nazi soldiers could easily round up thousands of Jews. The government first made their own neighbors hate them simply for being Jews. How is that any different from hating someone from their political views? That was from Variety. So on Twitter, the hashtag fire Gina Garano was trending um, and, and users posting comments uh, with that hashtag, pretty much criticizing her directly in her comments. And she's previously been under fire for posts on Twitter in November in which she derided mask wearing amongst uh, COVID pandemic. Uh, she's left some not uh, appropriate comments on trans people. Uh, she also... Uh, and another tweet claimed that there was voter fraud during the 2020 presidential election and, you know, stuff like that. And I personally don't care uh, what political party someone's in, but once you start, in my opinion, crossing the line into actual uh, serious subject matter, such as the Holocaust and stuff like that, there's a problem. And if you have no issues with her talking about that and making light of it, you need to go reread the history of the Holocaust or talk to someone who's lived through it because there's no excuse for that whatsoever. I am not for people getting fired, but it's not like she, this was the first time it's happened. She's done things like this multiple, multiple times. And there's only so much you can do as a company if you have an employee who's constantly bringing negative uh, vibes or negative baggage to your property and they have every right to remove her you know john campia uh who's got a great show uh, on youtube had said basically about this that she has a right to say whatever she wants which everyone will agree with that free speech but it also goes both ways right and his an uh, analogy was pretty pretty good he said if you are hosting a dinner, par a dinner party at your house and you had invited somebody and this person stood up and started swearing and calling your mother a whore or whatever, you have a right to remove that person from your property because it's your property, it's your house, they're a guest. And that's true. That's exactly true. Um, so, you know, in, in all of this, I'm sure as a person, she seems like a really cool, cool girl or whatever. Um, she, like I said, is a little outspoken. Um, it would have been nice if somebody had told her, you know, you should tone it down a little bit, but she didn't want to. And now there's repercussions. And it's kind of sad because she was pretty decent in The Mandalorian to the extreme where Disney was allegedly, there was no proof. It's still kind of a rumor, but it's kind of known that they had planned to have uh, Gina Carano a star of her own Disney Plus series. Um, and now that's obviously dropped. But, you know, a side note, it'd be kind of cool if Bill Barr took over that role 
in the Rangers show. Uh, he was pretty cool in those last few episodes. So if they want to replace him with her, that's kind of cool. Or somebody have, uh, had said earlier that uh, why don't they replace her with Lucy Lawless? Because she's kind of the same look, but much better actor. So anyway, but so that's the first story. Um, there's been, I've been looking through uh, Twitter and the media uh, YouTube, different, uh, I guess you'd say media people, personalities, just to see what their uh, thoughts are. And I find, and I'm trying not to be too judgmental, but it seems the people who are supporting her for the most part are those who share her same uh, beliefs and thoughts. And they're sort of... Uh, politically um, way on the right side as well. And so it's kind of hard to uh, separate. Well, are you speaking that this is not a right, you know, this wasn't um, a legit firing because of the sole issue of free speech and you're trying to make a case or is it you are uh, a good friend or a huge fan of this actor and can't separate yourself to give them like, oh yeah, she screwed up, whoops it feel like there's a little bit more like they can't separate from the actual story because they're fans of her herself. Sometimes you got to do that because that's where people can get into trouble supporting others who may have done something inappropriate. You then yourself become a target too. And I know that there is definitely a huge issue with the cancer or not cancer, the uh, cancel culture. I can never say that word. And it is true. They're, they are super crappy, um, things that happened in the last few years where people cry about stuff and this isn't fair and blah, blah, blah. And sometimes it's true. Um, but again, if you have a huge property such as Star Wars, you don't want to be associated with that, you know, with the negative comments that people are making on their page, you know, I mean, anyway, it could go on and on, but it's a shame. We'll see what happens later. If somebody else decides to hire her, that's not Disney and kind of put her on another show or if she's done. I mean, I don't know, but it is certainly interesting. I'd like to hear what you guys think on that subject. Anyway, we're moving on. So originally this was going to be my lead story because, uh, it's a big deal. Of course, this is the, um, documentary on Britney Spears called Framing Britney Spears um and some of it watching trying to watch it it was it was hard there was a lot of stuff in this documentary that I didn't know and a lot of um of her behavior over the last 10 years uh leading to her breakdown and, and then after that makes a lot more sense now um so I mean, everyone knows who Britney Spears is, obviously. And the first four or five years, she was pretty much the pinnacle of uh, a star. She was the star in a land where it was all boy bands. She was the one other than, well, Christina Aguilar came in, but two, but she was later. It was really Britney Spears and Britney Spears alone as a solo artist who was right up there with the Backstreet Boys in sync. Nobody was bigger than her than maybe Madonna. And, you know, she was sweet, bubbly, uh, I keep saying clear-headed. I mean, she didn't seem like she had that much uh, 
bad things in her life going on, uh, at least on the surface. Um, fast forward a few years later, you can kind of see a little trajectory of her life kind of going downhill a little bit. She surrounded herself with not the greatest people. She got into alcohol and drugs, had some serious problems. Uh, paparazzi started following her everywhere. She had a mental breakdown quite a few times, and two of those ended up in the hospital on uh, psychiatric holds. Uh, lost her kids for a little time. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that we'll get into, but over, like, I don't know. She came out in 97, I think, or 98, something like that, and then up until 2007. So it was about 10 years span that she literally went from oh, look, I'm happy to, oh, my God, I'm depressed. I, I don't want to be here. She looks miserable, you know. And so towards the end of her super public mental breakdown where she shaved her head and attacked a paparazzi's car with an umbrella that time, uh, they had her father sort of take over her finances and stuff and she was put into a conservatorship, which I can never say that word either. Um, and it hasn't ended. It's still going on. Um, and it's been more than a decade. And the documentary Framing Britney Spears is pretty much shedding new light um, on her life and how the Free Britney movement is supporting her efforts to regain control over her finances and independence. Um, the documentary is the sixth installment of, let's see, it's on FX, but it's mostly, it's Hulu, but it's on FX too, I believe, but I saw it on FX. I'm sorry, I saw it on Hulu. Um, and it was, uh, produced by the New, the New York Times, which that's probably why some of the stuff we didn't know these investigators are able to get, can, to present to us along with, uh, longtime fans and people who just like their internet sleuths, they can dig and dig and dig and find stuff. So when they put everything together, it's eye opening. Um, so although Brittany isn't actually in the, the you know, documentary, they have interviews and clips and stuff. So you do still get insights, but so the conservatorship was issued in 2008 and in, let's see, as in November, it's, been extended till February, which is obviously this month. Um, and she has requested to remove her dad a bunch of times and it's always been denied. So they're up again for another try at it. Um, and sad is because, um, Brittany's, uh, uh, attorney, Samuel Ingram has said that Brittany has said multiple times that she's afraid of her dad. Um, she's been saying that for years. And flat out said that she won't perform anymore until her dad is removed. And I don't believe she's done anything since uh, 2017. I mean, they had a, uh, a clip in the documentary of the, un, you know, it's like this huge announcement they were having in Las Vegas that Britney was going to continue her Las Vegas stay and her domination tour. And it was this huge setup where they had like fans waiting and elaborate setup and they had I don't know who I can't remember who it was I don't think it was um Ryan Seacrest but it was someone big and they had news cameras and she comes up from the stage waves at people and then kind of walks down to where the interviewers are and the fans and she keeps waving and she just walks right through the crowd and goes home huh that's weird she did she did nothing and has not as far as I know, has not been in the public eye in that capacity since, and now we know why. 
Um, that's crazy, man. Because if anyone knows Brittany, that she loves to perform and um, she's a go-getter. She's a workaholic. And so for her not to uh, say that she wants to work because of her dad being in charge and stuff, that's that's pretty huge. And I don't know why courts aren't really listening to what she's trying to say. So you might be wondering, what the heck is the hashtag free Britney? So it's been around since like, oh God, I think the first time I heard about it was 2018 or 2019, but I didn't really pay much attention to it because I don't know. It just didn't seem like that big a deal. Like, oh, look, they're, they're throwing out another hashtag of a celebrity. And I'm like, what is freer from what? So that was that. But last year, it started getting traction because she became, well, to most people's eyes anyway, looking in, uh, a little erratic in her Instagram posts and stuff. It, it, it was very bizarre behavior. Um, and it just had people looking into it more, digging into her Instagrams and some other posts. And even now, when I look at her Instagram, it is completely a different person. I mean, there's conspiracy theories that... <laughs> Don't laugh. Don't laugh. That in 2016 or something, maybe, I don't know the exact year, but that she was cloned and replaced by the current Britney that we are seeing. There was a slight break from Instagram uh, a while back. I think she was off it for a couple months. And then when she came back, she seemed different. And I don't believe in that conspiracy, obviously. It's like the Avril Lavigne one where she died ages ago and was replaced by a, I think her name was Melissa or something. And that's like, I don't know, those are wacko and weird, but not believing the conspiracy. I do think there is a significant difference to the Britney that we're seeing now. And I tried to explain this to someone the other day, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it correctly, but when you look at Britney Spears when she was at her height all the way up into, I don't know, 2012, I think she did the uh, America's Got Talent or something. Well, I don't know, that, that show she did where she helped judge the musicians and stuff. She had a very uh, exotic look. I know she had a lot of makeup on and stuff, but she was very uh, mature looking, like, like um, she was in her 30s or something and still very strong and beautiful. But if you look at her now, she looks like she is the Britney Spears from 1999. She looks dramatically younger, but without plastic surgery. Like, and I don't mean it in like, oh my God, this person got her. I mean, I'm sure she's had a little plastic surgery along the way. But what I'm trying to say is she looks like she has been put back into 1999 with her facial <clears throat> uh, details and stuff. Like if you look at her, she looks like a, a child. And that kind of throws me every time I look at her because I'm like, that doesn't even look like the same Britney. Like, what happened to the last 15 years? You know, how did they, how does she look so much younger? Um, and it's not because she's not wearing, well, sometimes she wears a lot of makeup and it looks terrible. She has it like the heavy raccoon eyes and her hair is disheveled and like there's clearly something going on. But if you go and look at her from her older days, probably from, well, any time except for the last two or three years, you'll see what I'm talking about. And so I don't think it's a coincidence that her fans are worried and a lot of celebrities and people are getting more invested because some of her posts are freaking weird. Um, and if you look at some of her videos on there, you know, when she's standing there talking and she's, you know, 
got her hands to her sides. She rocks back and forth. Her eyes are kind of looking everywhere. She looks very uncomfortable, very stressed out, agitated. <clears throat> Usually she's wearing the same clothes. Um, granted, I understand it's a pandemic, but this is pre-pandemic too. Um, she has a big house. I know people are like, well, she's, you know, it has a huge mansion and all that. Yes, but it, people are people. They're human. They have feelings regardless of what your wealth status is. She clearly has mental problems, um, which is what I'm trying to get back to. We didn't see it coming because we were too busy trying to get every piece of her that we possibly could back in her the, the, the time of her peak, I guess, which was 2007, <clears throat> where all her problems sort of came to a, a peak. This was a lot around the time of Lindsay Lohan, Paris Hilton. They were all messed up. Um, but, you know... Her behavior was definitely caused by us, you know, people, especially the media and paparazzi. You got to remember when she had her kids and was hounded, there was no law yet for paparazzi. I believe Halle Berry and uh, I think Jennifer Garner, I think they were some of the celebrities who went to court. Like, like to the Capitol to get that stalking law changed. Um, but she didn't have that protection when she was young. So, like, not only was she hounded to death, well, not to death, that's poor choice of words, but it was hounded, you know, severely that you could see now the mental breakdown. And nobody did anything. And I posted this somewhere on my, on my Instagram post that you literally saw her soul being destroyed in front of us, and nobody did a damn thing. Um, and so the more and more her behavior became erratic in 2006 and in 2007, uh, her hair being all messed up, her driving around and, uh, just being crazy. Everybody, including the media, especially comedians, they were all calling her crazy saying she's, Oh, she's going crazy and blah, blah, blah. Mental illness was not a thing back then. It was easier to call someone crazy. And that wasn't, we learn now, that was not the case. Um, she was diagnosed with bipolar shortly after her sh head shaving incident and her, you know, taking that umbrella or whatever. She was diagnosed with bipolar and, and now we know it has to be on medicine. And look, having her father step in at that particular time was the best thing for her. Um, being a conservator uh, is usually for people who are older, elderly, and they can't take care of themselves or whatever. Um, but it's also for people who have some mental uh, learning issues or, or mental, I hate saying the word mental because it does sound crazy, but, you know, uh, developmental problems for whatever the reasons are, and they need someone to step in and sort of guide them or whatever. So at the time, I think it was a good thing. But come on, now? I mean, tw 10, 12, 14 years later? But, you know, unless there's something that we just don't know behind the scenes, which it's possible. We don't know everything. I just, uh, I'm not buying that. But anyway, so in 2007, when most of the world was making fun of her, you know, you had these people interviewing her, which you'll see in the documentary, um, Diane Sawyer, I mean, Matt, Matt Lauder, 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 whatever his name is from NBC, who has been since fired. So it's ironic seeing him interview someone and grill them uh, with inappropriate questions. But, you know, if, if, Britney was a, a man that none of those type of 
the lines of questioning would never have happened. You know, like, oh, are you still a virgin? Oh, did you sleep with Justin Timberlake? Did you get boob, uh, boob implants? You know, stuff like that, which is would never happen today. She had to deal with that as a 20-year-old. You know, at the time, she was 17, 18, 19, you know, and just went on and on and on. And then when she broke up with Justin Timberlake, they were like, oh, it's your fault. He said it was you did this and you did that. How do you feel about that? You know, and to the point they make her cry on national TV, which was, you know, Diane Sawyer's uh, interview. Well, a couple of people have made her cry, but it's just a lot to take for a young girl who didn't seem to be surrounded by anyone that was particularly interested in her as a person. They just wanted to make money off of her. Um, and then, you know, she gets older. She gets married to the Kevin Federline guy, and she ends up having... Uh, her kids, you know, both young. She gets bad publicity because she was trying to get away from a really aggressive paparazzi mob and has her kid on her, her lap, which is obviously a no-no. Uh, but in her frame of mind, she, she just wanted to get out of there and stuff. So she had all these little missteps and people were calling her a bad mom. It, it was just awful, awful. I mean, you watch this documentary, uh, you're going to get angry because even if you don't like Britney Spears' music, you can see it with your own eyes the sad sadness in, in this girl and that she's pretty much all by herself you know and I think there's many um there's many parts of the documentary that makes me sad and I actually had some tears in my eyes on a few of the scenes that I saw in particular the one where she's with her I think he's two at the time and she's with her her son and she's trying to get away from the paparazzi and she goes into this restaurant, cafe or something, and and the owner allows some of the photographers in. And they're literally standing like 10 feet from her, snapping pictures in her face while she's crying because nobody will help her. And I'm like, that is just awful. And the treatment that she had was horrifying. And to do it all by yourself, really, and, you know, it's a wonder that she survived, you know, and I say that's a horrible thing to say, but having that kind of pressure, it led her down the road of drugs and destruction. She surrounded herself with the wrong people, mostly men, uh, that wanted nothing but her money. And um, even up until now, we still don't know what's going on with her and why is she still, why does she still have a conservator? And, you know, when people ask her questions, they say, hey, if you want help or if you're, you know, in trouble, wear yellow. Guess what? She wears yellow. It's really weird. I have no idea. I don't know anything about the conspiracy theories because you don't want to go down that path. That's just bonkers and a rabbit hole. But there is some questions, though, that they bring up that are valid. Um, so, you know, and going back to the height of the jokes that were made of her, like Jay Leno and uh, David Letterman and all that. I do remember there was um, one uh, talk show host, um, and his name was Craig Fer Ferguson. And um, he was the, one of the only people who refused to make fun of her. And that was at a time where if, if you didn't read like some of the questions or jokes that were made up or topics that he wanted you to talk about, you could lose your job. Um, and I remember watching it and he's got a heavy, thick Irish accent. The video's online. You can find it anywhere. Um, he basically was saying, uh, 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was February twentieth in two thousand seven, days after Britney shaved her head. Um, he was on the Late Late Night Show for since I think two thousand five, two thousand fourteen, and he opened his show with uh, basically talking about his own rise to fame and his sobriety, and that he wouldn't be partaking in the public ridicule, ridicule of Britney. Uh, and he was literally one of the only people who didn't make fun of her. And it's so heartwarming when you watch this video. It makes me cry. It makes me tear up that, you know, you get help from the, the strangest places. And he said he, quote, uh, I'm starting to feel uncomfortable about making fun of these people. For me, comedy should have a certain amount of joy in it. It should be about us attacking the powerful people, the politicians, the Trumps. And the blowhards. Yes, I know. I, I know. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. That's truly what he said back in the day. Go after them. We shouldn't be attacking the vulnerable people. I think my aim has been off recently. I want to change that a bit. So tonight, no Britney Spears jokes. And it's difficult because you still hear some extras nervously laughing while he's talking. They don't know how to, <laughs> they don't know what to do, but you can still hear some laughing and he's just kind of like guys you know i'm serious and he uh also says quote it reminds me of where i was 15 years ago when i was living like that i'm not saying britney spears is an alcoholic i don't know if she's an alcoholic or not but she clearly needs help i'm not an expert on alcoholism or anything but i am an expert in my own story i was there when it happened well i was present and so I totally respect him for standing up for her. And it was interesting because he said that um, he didn't hear from direct Brittany directly after that, thanking him and saying, oh, thank you for sticking up for me. But he said she did find a way to get in contact with him uh, when he was um, doing a show. He needed to use uh, some music and he wanted to license one of her songs, which was, I think, one of her hit biggest songs, Oops, I Did It Again or something. And they were like, there's no way you're going to get licensed for that. Nobody ever gets Britney Spears music license. And not only did she give it to him to use, she didn't charge him anything. He got to use it for free. And if you know anything about the music industry, that's, oh, that's huge. It's very, very expensive licensing other people's songs. So Craig Ferguson, you're a cool guy for sticking up for her and God bless you. So if you want to learn more, go ahead and uh, go ahead and watch it. It's on uh, Hulu. Uh, it's called Framing Britney Spears. It's available on FX as well. Um, and I think you can watch some of it on FX's YouTube channel, but it's got tons of ads and it, I don't know, I, I'm not real crazy about that. So I, I would urge you if you've got Hulu to go watch it on there as is. It's about an hour and 20 minutes long and it's ad free if you have that service that that. Uh, tier um and just go see for yourself what this girl went through and um even though i didn't directly have anything to do with it i still say dang sorry Brittany, that this happened to you so anyway we are going to take a breath for a second we've had two big topics <sighs> we're gonna take a breath and move on to our last topic and though i wish that this last story would be a happy one i think it book ends the topics that we're talking about they're all kind of connected and this is the ongoing issue with Jaws Whedon that Hollywood has suddenly come out because of bad behavior on multiple films and television shows 
um, that has been dated back as far as the mid to late 90s. And one of the stars of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and then Angel, Charisma Carpenter, has come out yesterday with a very lengthy Instagram post describing the types of abuse that she endured the whole time that she was on the show. She touched on things saying that he abused his his power on set. Um, And when he learned she was pregnant, asked her if she was going to, quote, keep it. Um, She was also part of the Warner Media investigation of Whedon's behavior on the Justice League, famously brought uh, up and then brought the attention to by Ray Fisher, who played Cyborg. Um, So Charisma took to the social media with her with her lengthy statement um, and basically said he abused his power on numerous occasions while working on the sets of Buffy and Angel. While he found his misconduct amusing, it only served to intensify my performance anxiety disempower me and alienate me from my peers. The disturbing incidents triggered a chronic physical condition from which I still suffer today. It is with a beating heavy heart that I say I copped in isolation and at times destructively. So Carpenter noted that for nearly two decades, she had pretty much held her tongue and even made excuses for the amounts and events that traumatized her. She said that Ray, speak, uh, Ray Fisher speaking out on Whedon's behavior while directing reshoots on the, the movie Justice League motivated her to also come out with her experience with Whedon. Um, looking back, the actress says the disturbing incidences triggered a chronicle condition, which she explained, um, unlike his ongoing passive-aggressive threats to fire me, which wrecked havoc on a young actor's self-esteem, also by calling me fat to my colleagues when I was four months pregnant, weighing 126 pounds. He was mean and biting, disparaging about others openly and often played favorites, pitting people against one another to compete and vie for his attention and approval. Um, she also goes on to say while she was pregnant, she was in a closed door meeting and he asked her if she was going to keep it and manipulatively weaponized her womanhood and faith against her. Six months pregnant, quote, I was asked to work at 1 a.m. after my doctor recommended shortening my work hours. Due to long and physically demanding days and the emotional stress of having to defend my needs as a working pregnant woman, I began to experience Braxton Hicks contractions. It was clear to me the 1 a.m. call was retaliatory. So it goes on and on and on. Um, I don't need to read it all. You can find it on Instagram or any internet site right now. And... I mean, it's just, I hate hearing these stories because it's people who you have looked up to. I myself, I've met Joss Wheaton. I've worked on both Buffy and Angel for multiple days. Uh, and I never saw it. And I, and I, and he, I never, and I was just an extra and he was fine with me. But the, the problem with this is that sometimes the outside world doesn't see these things it's behind closed doors it's uh uh interaction you know like she had said herself most of some of these bigger incidences were in his office you know and these are absolutely things i believe happened and so obviously my respect has gone out the door and let's just face it he's done he's done he's not gonna work again um the ray fisher thing got that started um, and he has never let go of that bone um he 
wanted more done and apparently not a lot had been done uh, maybe like small things here and there but i don't i don't recall them ever coming out and saying oh ray fisher was correct and these two people did this and that and well, i don't recall that happening and in fact i think one of the people that uh, ray accused of bad behavior is still at warner brothers if i am correct but um ray fisher came out and said that you know he thanked charisma for basically helping you know giving him some weight to his words she did testify saying yes this also happened to me here's my proof um and another thing that i felt <laughs> was interesting a lot of the actors including sarah michelle geller Allison Hannigan, all these people have come out and have backed Charisma Carpenter. Uh, Amber Benson, who played uh, Willow's girlfriend on the show, she basically said, um, Buffy was a toxic environment and it starts at the top. Charisma speaking truth and I support her 100%. There was a lot of damage done during this time and many of us are still processing it 20 plus years later. I stand with Ray Frischer. I stand with Charisma Carpenter. I mean, I'm not going to read all of them. I mean, it's just another actor who's come out or has been uh, brought up to our attention who you liked some of their work. And it's just, uh, I remember when I heard about Kevin Spacey and how horrible he was. And I was so disappointed because I loved this guy as an actor. And I know some people are like, well, I can separate the actor from the stories. I get that for a certain point, but not on s certain subjects. Um, at some point, though, all you see when you see their roles is what they have done. Uh, you know, so to me, it's distracting, uh, which ties into the very first story about Gina uh, Carano is that you get too much distraction. It takes away from your, your stories, your franchises, whatever, and ultimately... Everybody, uh, basically everyone kind of ends up with problems down the road. And so you just have to nip those problems and remove the distraction. And Gina has learned the hard way. Jaws Whedon and company have learned the hard way. And hopefully people like the paparazzi uh, and people who did damage to Britney Spears will learn what they've done. And hopefully this will all have a positive outcome later on for a better working environment for everybody in the industry no matter if you are a writer director extra uh food worker whatever it is that we can all kind of try to be able to go to work without having toxic a uh, toxic environment so that's the show guys uh sorry it was a little bit of a downer this time but i felt it was really important to bring up some of these stories because um it's not right you know, and people need a voice. And granted, I'm not, you know, Oprah Winfrey or anything, but one podcast at a time, sending things out there, hopefully will make a difference at some point. So I appreciate you guys all listening. Uh, love to hear what you think. And I promise next stories that we come up with uh, will be much happier and uh, we can all uh, smile together instead of having heavy hearts. Okay, take it easy, guys. Bye.